times. That's a podcast. Welcome back to Hashing It Out. Actually, welcome to Hashing It Out for the first time. Um, I said welcome back because we've worked together for a long time at Status with 2020 to 21 or so. Uh, we finally got you to join and then you left us to go off and do other things. So since then, well, first off, like Simona Pop, what do you do and what have you been doing since you left us? Um, great to be here for the first time. How is this only the first time you've invited me to be? I don't know. I'd, anyway, um, what have I been doing? So, um, as you pointed out, we worked together, um, at status before that, um, I had co-founded the standard bounties protocol and then did a whole bunch of experimentation, 2018, 2019, um, and then really kind of continued this work that I was already doing uh, around the real true principles of crypto, which is the stuff that really, really interests me, which is how we started working together at Status. And then after um, leaving, it kind of continued in that same vein where I went to um, do governance strategy at Gitcoin because like the DAOs were really kind of kicking off and there were a lot of important DAOs launching, Gitcoin being one of them um, at the time. So um, because they had built on my protocol back in 2018, there was kind of that history there. So I went um, to um, to help them with this whole governance strategy and setting up um, the DAO properly. So did that throughout kind of 2021, 2022 a little bit or like second half of 2021. And um, from there, just really continued delving into this idea of how can we make DAOs really work to a point where they can replace current organizations. And then last year, um, I realized that I was doing that running Shelling Point, which was a really, really um, became a really, really big event around interesting concepts of events, an alternative to the traditional kind of conference um, format. We did a lot of on conference style, a lot of open tracks and things like that. So that was great experimentation wise at events. And then towards the end of last year, I kind of realized that I was maybe burnt out a little bit. You did tend to spread yourself then. I did. I did. So I kind of uh, had to have a chat with myself and said, do I really need to do a hundred things at the same time. Um, and so I made that really, really conscious decision to stop doing just so many things because I am, as you know, somebody who has a lot of energy and I get excited about a lot of things, but then, you know, it's, it takes its toll, particularly when, um, you know, one of the things that we see and, uh, particularly when, you're in this space or have been in this space for a very long time, there's a lot of ebbs and flows between substance and surface. Mm -hmm. um, and seeing those things happen time and time again, you kind of get a little bit, not only burnt out energy-wise, but really kind of motivation and, and belief-wise. So it's hard. It's hard. Um, and I think now... For 2023 and moving into the future, I think I, I've, I'm not back to just working with value-aligned projects, but being very, very mindful about who I share my time with and my energy to support. That's actually exactly where I wanted to, what I wanted to <laughs> ask you. So that's perfect. So like, 
that the value aligned like what like what is the core values and how do you how do you find projects that not only speak to them but are them like how do you how do you discern between someone who's service level talking about being value aligned and saying the normal things you hear about web3 projects and someone who's actually actually aligned with it and doing it i think to a certain extent you have to get behind the curtain right so you have to experience at least a certain amount of uh realness quote unquote when interacting with the people in the team the leaders of the project looking and seeing how they're actually behaving and whether that is in line with the messaging or the the communication angles um that they are uh projecting right and that does mean that it's not a quick oh i can kind of understand that you are not value aligned and i kind of understand that you are in a very quick um uh, glance let's say so it does involve a little bit of a of a deeper knowing or a deeper understanding of what uh the 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 project does and the people who are involved in it but i think the intention is what really differentiates like why are you doing the thing that you are doing and that's something that you can actually dive into quite quickly when just asking that question why are you doing this like what is the intention behind this and you can see it very well through the explanation or through whatever the response is you can tell whether that's a surface level thing or whether there's genuine feeling behind it and genuine passion and genuine belief to you know um justify or like rather explain why the thing exists and That's actually why. why I started doing podcasts in the first place mm-hmm. was that it gave that opportunity to have a conversation with people that went past a lot of the documentation the the landing page right. the the marketing right yeah and you have i think it's it's one to be to be fair that's one of the quote unquote advantages but also disadvantages of being around for so long is that i know things yeah that other people coming in now will not know and i think there's so much context and i think i tweeted this i can't remember when but i said context is the most valuable commodity because if you have context about a situation you're able to assess it for what it is versus somebody who does not and it will be day and night difference yeah. how do you outside of wisdom i guess the real question is and i think this might be why you liked dows so much or like the decentralized governance is that mm-hmm. there's more transparency you get context better or yeah. quicker how do you get it and other than just being around and and knowing people and that and that's kind of also why people delegate their decisions to other people is because they have wisdom they've been around for a long mm-hmm. time therefore they have that context mm-hmm. and in my opinion there's no way to get around that from the from a general perspective that's why experience matters and why you hire specialists right but you, the goal for a lot of the stuff we're building is to be as open as possible and you would like people to be able to glean that context as fast as possible how do you yes. do that so I love a good analogy and I try to explain and apply um you know 
apply analogies a lot when we talk about, even when we talk about what we're doing and how things are changing and how we want to change them. But I think one of the biggest, biggest problems that we have is that we are in two boats. We are building the new boat whilst we're in the current boat mm-hmm. with all of its shit that it has, that you still need to patch this thing here, make the thing run, make sure you don't sing, make sure all of this, whilst building this better boat. Or learning how to build it. Or learning boat. how to build it, right? So in tying it to your question, how do you make things more accessible? We have to, you have, we all have to remember that opaqueness and hiding things and closed processes and things happening behind closed doors has been the pattern for a very long time. And for us to be able to extricate ourselves from that way of doing things requires intention, a clear intention to try to move away from I hold all the power because I have all the knowledge because I know how this works and you don't know that. No, I'm saying one of the main things that and I think it's a subtler thing, right? I think that is a subtle potentially um, something that people are not aware that they are doing it because of that, right? Because it's habit. And I think for a lot of us, we just don't know how to expose everything in a good way or in an easily accessible way because just that's just not been the case. That's just, we haven't done that before to this degree, right? To this degree. And so I think because of that, there is this like hab- habitual um non-open stance just as a blanket but then to make things more accessible i think again we go to this modular thing where you want to expose things and people will just pick what they need and making it very very clear where the things that they need are on the map right now what we tend to do is have a repo of stuff and it's uncategorized, very laborious, very wordy, very um, high in volume. So the the cognitive effort to get to understand the different bits is so intense that by the time you get to understand the things, you're already exhausted and probably have lost your like mm-hmm. will to live. <laughs> That's what I think a part of why people do this, and this is um, at least from a development perspective, is people are scared. Um, there's like a, it takes a little bit of courage and humility to put things out there that aren't necessarily good enough. Mm-hmm. You have you have intentions, you have goals to be open, mm-hmm. but in the process of getting to where you think it's good enough, you tend to keep it private because I'm kind of working on it. I'm Fair. still and and. It the more you have something closed, then it's easy to control who sees it, and you can you can always say like it's not ready yet, and that tends to happen, and oh. it grows and grows and grows until you never get to talk about it. And I think that's a good portion of a lot of this stuff. And yes. then the pro, and then if you ship it or like you you deploy it and people are using it, you're scared that people once they know how it actually works because you don't like it, mm. if they're relying upon it, they're going to be like, oh, this sucks. I'm not going to use it anymore. Mm. Uh, and that tends to be from like a development mind step, uh, my, uh, like, wow, development mind share. Okay. It's more often that 
uh, other than control, at least within the Prince ecosystem, I think, or like a lot of the projects that are, would I would say are intentionally aligned, but, yes. but don't have the courage to publish these things because they think they might suck or like, it's not good enough. And I think that is that, how do you get people to, to stop doing it? Because more often than not, people just want to be a part of a community and help in the process. Yeah, yeah. If you can't find it, you don't know it exists, then you can't do that. A hundred percent. But again, like, I feel that is so much legacy. Um, almost like legacy setbacks that we have learned, right? With just the way we're, we exist and the way society works. It's like you're rewarded for good things, for good behavior, for like good performance for good everything and it's like this real there's that actually and then there's the competition right there's this competition that again if you are perceived or if you feel you're releasing something that isn't good enough then you're going to be judged or you're going to be thought of as less than and you're going to be like uh less than this other person who did produce something that that's too, some, right or, and, or like we will open it up when we have a sufficient you know, user base right. that justifies right. revenue, then you can't catch up, so we'll open it. Right. And I do believe that there's a lot, and this is again, why it's so difficult to build something that is so opposite to how we operate and have operated for so long. Because it does, and this is what I mean by intention, you have to like constantly keep yourself in check to not fall back into these patterns that have gotten us where we are, you know, in web two or whatever we want to call the current status quo. But it's, it is that there's a lot of that. And then on the flip side, there's a lot of people who, instead of genuinely collaborating or wanting to like add value, they come and extract. Mm -hmm. It's the same, it's the symptom of the same problem, right? Because quick, let me get mine whilst there's an opportunity versus a real kind of like, I want to bring value and I'm going to get some value back. And it's this exchange. Mm -hmm. It's what we're seeing in Web3 as a, you know, all of these scams, the projects, fake projects, all of this. It is that, it's that extractive mindset. Let's get it out now. I'm going to get mine. Screw you. And that may just be something that we're always going to have to deal with. If anytime you are, you are like the more open you are, the more you open yourself up to people who can take advantage of that. Yes. Especially when there's value involved. So yes. like that's never really going away. Well, it, I tweeted the other day, the only way we're going to get from web two to web three is therapy. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. You spin up a DAO and then you immediately get a therapist on board. Mm-hmm. No, but... Do you see what I mean? Like people come in with a lot, a lot of potentially trauma, potentially unresolved things. And then they're like, why is the tech not fixing this? And it's like, well, it's not going to, is it? It requires behavioral change. Of course. And that's, and that's hard. It's It's super hard, which is why I'm saying like being very, very intentional and keeping yourself in check and making sure that you're like, really, this is why the alignment and staying aligned is so tough, but at the end of the day, and so exhausting to a certain degree, right? Because it's so much easier to just like cut and run and do all of the things, right? It's so much easier. Um, 
but you know, I think that's possibly our, one of our biggest challenges. And if we can, or at least a certain portion of us can do that, then maybe, you know, there's hope in this new boat. When, we, when you were asking what we we're going to talk about, I said, uh, what sucks? <laughs> uh, is this it? Is this what sucks? Is it is that, 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 that pretending to be something and not being it? And then people never taking that last step to actually keep themselves aligned? I think maybe at the core, it is that. And it manifests itself in different ways, right? Depending on who you are, depending on what you do, depending on where you are in your journey, depending on, um, you know, how long you've been in this for and so on. But I think, I think the, the discrepancy can, between surface and substance can be something that really derails not just a lot of energy, but a lot of like resource, right? Because you go and you push that and then you see that it isn't what it said it was. Mm -hmm. And then I think for a lot of people, it's one of the reasons why so many people come interact with it. And if they interact with it and have a bad experience, because they're, they just will assume that that is the way things are, right? It's just appearing. Well, that's the thing though, right? Is like, in my experience, in all cases, mm -hmm. web two, web three, everything, Yeah. this shiny picture of something I want to be involved with is awesome and I get involved with it. And then I, and the more I get involved with it, the more I see like, it's a duck in water, mm -hmm. right? It's very graceful on top and underneath everything's just yeah, yeah, ugly, yeah. And, ugly and spinning, right? Yeah. And that's not, just us, that's everything. But mm -hmm. uh, I, how do you, I, I think the issue is with, with Web3 companies, because we aspire to be so more transparent, it looks uglier. Fair, fair. It's like you have a transparent, uh, I don't know, like casing to a washing machine, right? You're gonna see all of the things versus it's all yeah. obscured by a, yeah. Um, okay. do, do, have you ever had an experience where you've learned more about a company and it held on to that level of like, this is a great thing and they've got their shit together. I think, I think one of the most important things, even when stuff goes off piste, right? even when things go off track, is being able to recognize it, own it, take responsibility for it, and do something about it. Because I think those things can happen, right? Even if you try, you really try, and you stay aligned, and you like keep to your North Star, I think a bunch of stuff can happen. You can hire the wrong people. You can like misspend or like overspend and then you have to adjust and which is stuff that happens around us all the time, all the time and has done for years. Right. And, but it's really, it's a really interesting pattern of realizing that that's what's happening, but not going into knee jerk reactions of like, okay, we fucked it up. Let's cut everything now, right? Or pretend it's not happened. Mm -hmm. It's It seems to be the two options that we have right now. It's like, 
we messed, like we fucked it up. We overspend. We hired too many people. Let's just cut everything, including valuable things, mm -hmm. just without any kind of real thought process behind it. Just cut pretty much like austerity vibes in economies, right? We just cut everything. It doesn't matter. And then the other one is just to pretend it's not happening. Neither of them are good. I think the option is in the middle where you're very much looking at it, but together as an organization, as an organism, you look at it together and you go, okay, we are here now. What can we do to get us back at the level of health and at the level of direction that we were in? Not pretend the organism isn't sick and not just go and chop all your limbs off. Like, it doesn't make sense. So a balanced approach to it, because mistakes are going to happen. Again, when you're building, like you said, when you're building in the open and you're building this new stuff that we don't actually know half of it is what is doing and we're constructing things as we go, stuff like that is going to happen and is bound to happen. But I think from a, from a position of responsibility and accountability and again, transparency and collaboration, because there's nobody, it's not one person's fault. Well, most of the time it's. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it isn't one person's fault. You didn't get somewhere because of one person or you didn't get out of something because of one person. Like, we have to start getting into this mindset of the tide lifts all boats and we all collaborate to do something. But again, that's again hard because of the competition, the all the mindsets and the, the stuff that we've been you know, taught for generations and the politics and politicking that happens in corporations. And then you move it over to web three and it's like, we have far, far greater things to be working on together versus figuring out who the hell is the top of the whatever delegate. How do you do that? Like what, what, what excites you now? As you've experienced the good portion of the, like how the sausage is made in a yeah. lot of different places. You're yeah. everywhere. You've been to conferences. You've worked for so many different organizations. You've seen so much. What excites you? Like what gets you like, what, what keeps you, what keeps you here? Why haven't you quit? <laughs> um, I think I genuinely credit this love affair that I've had with this ecosystem for what is coming close to seven years now to the way I felt and still to an extent feel when I started in, in this space. Right. And that feeling is that finally there is something that you genuinely feel like you match with, mm -hmm. you genuinely feel this excitement of this can finally, this is finally aligned with my values and my beliefs mm -hmm. and what I think could be the real world. Mm -hmm. And that feeling and meeting others who are like that as well is something that has like, I feel it's kept a lot of us going for a for all of this time. It's 
the friends that we have made that regardless of whether you would speak to each other, you see each other once a year at a conference and then it's like right there. Mm -hmm. And you have these bonds and these connections because you, you believe the same things and you want the same things. And yes, some of some people get tired and yes, some of them leave and come back and do all of these things and have to work with any like all of that but the feeling that feeling remains that this is a an opportunity and a moment in time a real moment in time and if we just value it for that and its potential and possibilities and again have that intention to do better all together is like i don't know it's kind of intoxicating no it is and even like I, like you say, even after all this time and even after getting so tired and even after p- going through this, the roller coaster of emotion and all of the other things that this ecosystem brings and working with different projects in this ecosystem brings, I think that feeling is still there. And I still, still believe that there is a possibility that we can turn things around and we can make a difference and we can do the thing mainly because I've seen it because I've done it like the project that I the project that I co-founded and the others that that I've worked with I've seen them do it and that's like so important like just chatting about you know the story because I told you and I, I wrote about it but the story about Brandon who was in Phoenix Arizona and he was homeless and then he got onto super rare super early because he did a bounty and then he got an apartment in 2021 like these are just things that could be the norm like you want to enable that oh, and it's, of it's, it's it's so nice to I think it's the, it's the, one of the few it's the only place I've, I've ever experienced in my life where so many people feel the same way. Yes. And so I think that's the intoxicating part is that you've seen it happen. You like see this story and you want that to be the norm yes. for the future for of other course. people. And you're in a community across all the different places, all the different things that we're all do trying to do yeah. of people who are who see something very similar and want the same thing. Yes. And so I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's probably why we're friends, but... <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, but that that's that's a really like that's such an important piece. And it it saddens me to a certain extent that potentially newer or like newer waves of uh crypto uh enthusiasts or or, or contributors don't quite feel that same way. How do you foster it? How do you how do you try and build an environment where it's obvious that's the thing we're trying to do and people who are aligned with that start doing it more too. Like how do you, and then, or like, how do you move away from those who are not, obviously not doing it? Like, you know know what I mean? Like how do we foster it so it grows? So I think what we all went through, um, and I'm talking just kind of uh, chronologically, what, 2016, 2018-ish, 2019, maybe. I think there was a real kind of like that wave, that class of, let's say, those years. It it almost feels like we went through this initiation process, right? Like it was it was almost like a real, um, a really intense 
let's say, um, immersion into what we were doing. And because a lot of us were just like starting out projects, it was super exciting. And we were all almost like at the same starting line and we all started doing things together and figuring things out together. And I think what happens now, particularly with hiring for projects, when they get to a certain size, they'll go and pick people from web two mm -hmm. without taking them through the initiation. There's just like almost a direct transfer, transplanting mm -hmm. from over here to over here. And there's none of that initiation side of things. I'm not talking about people who are getting into discords and like figuring their way. That's like much more organic, right? You would, you interact with it, you participate in it, you get to an extent, you immerse yourself a little bit more within the community and see its rituals and its habits and its patterns and things like that. But with direct hiring, there's a lot less of that. And sometimes it happens that you do that and those guys, because they know sometimes how to play games and how to play the game and how to politic, it starts like... Clawing away at the... Yeah. Okay. And to a certain extent, the way you would potentially counter that is to really foster and support projects that do education, that do a lot of um, events, mm -hmm. that do, uh, but not uh, uh, the very standard events. Like let's say they do, uh, Kernel comes to mind and it's a really, really good example. It was started by one of the co-founders of Gitcoin, uh, Vivek. Uh, he started it during the pandemic. It was like the perfect time to start and it was six weeks of education, of going through philosophy, going through principles and all of this. And then people would I made meet. the security track for it. What's that? I said, I made the security track for it. There you go. Right. And it was so important. And people were genuinely that provided that ritual, that initiation that we just do not have. But guess what? It's very hard to support something like that and fund it. Why? Same problem with the public goods. Yeah. Oh, what, how much money is it making? What? What's the net value? What's the ROI? We can't what I tell you with right? Like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and it's exactly those projects, and it's exactly the things that could be the counter and could provide that initiation that get ignored because there's no money in it. And this is, see, this is where, this is where I get. <laughs> this, is what, this is what push always happens. Button, this is what button. always happens. But this is the thing that's like, that is very, very frustrating that we still just define value as cash money. Like it's ridiculous to just think of value as how much money is this making me? How much money can the VCs extract out of it? How much money can like value is so multifaceted and multi-layered and like multi-level that being in a community is valuable. Finding your tribe is valuable. Going through an initiation process where you learn about like genuinely learn and feel the alignment is valuable being able to then meet your future co-founder or find some seed funding because you met people and you had conversations is valuable. And 
we tend to like, again, if we want to do things differently, that stuff is going to have to replace the reductionist attitude of everything is cash money. It's ridiculous. Look at all the, whenever there's a recession or wherever, uh, arts are at the bottom, education bottom, none of those get funding. There's like such disregard for any anything more than just you being a means of production. It's disturbing. Or whatever value you have or whatever contribution, individual contribution that you can have to something is just meh. Well, that's kind of the fun part, like why I even liked this ecosystem and the future that I saw was it 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 had a potential to add some level of actually economical value to the social capital you have within a community, right? Mm -hmm. If you have tokens associated with a community and those things are traded on an open market, you can end up participating in the communities you care about get paid in whatever tokens associated mm -hmm. good behavior mm -hmm. is in those communities are, and then maybe pay your bills, right? Yeah. So there may be a future where people spend all of their time doing the things they love yeah. and making conscious decisions on how they want to spend the tokens earned from doing that, right? Yeah. And that put, gets you away from this, this concept, or at least it moves you closer towards like community contribution yeah. to what we consider good in this community yes. is valuable. Yes. And it allows people to live their lives doing things that they think are good, right? It allows, and it gives them time to do those things because look at look at how everything is structured now. You want to do something that you care about, you volunteer for it. Or you have to do it outside of your working that's hours. That's the big one, right? And that's, the, that's one of the main things I think keeps people from spending more time doing things they love because they have a job. Of and course. They may or may not like it, but in order to like transition from that job, they need to have a hobby. They get good enough to then justify making that jump and they never do it. They never do it. Or they make a very risky decision to do it. And Correct. having situations like crypto enables mm -hmm. is like, maybe I you know paid my phone bill because I participated in this community for a little right. while that allows you to kind of keep justifying reasons to spend time doing things you love and eventually leave your job that you don't want to do and, yeah. and, so, and supplement yourself. And like that point is the reason why I think a lot of people just don't want to care and why we have that same like uh, feeling of how, what is that worth? Like, mm -hmm. cause like our proxy for time is money mm -hmm. and our proxy for Getting people something to getting somebody to do something, or me doing what I want to do, yeah. is how much money do I have to do that? Yeah, as a versus like actual behavior that is valuable. So like, mm -hmm. that's that's the reason why I think I love this ecosystem is that it, it quantifies social value a little bit, and allows people to give make make choices that trend them towards doing things that are good for the communities they want to participate in. Yes. And I think that is where potentially, potentially, and ugh, I don't know how long this is going to take, but if you think everybody is doing what they want, they like doing, and they're able to live, mm -hmm. 
I want to say that the extractive behaviors are going to get less and less. Oh, I think that's the, again, that's, that's the world the I'd thing, love to see. Right? Like, yeah. like that would be so nice because there isn't this whole thing. Like all, all of the extractive behaviors is, are based in fear. So it's, all of them are based in a fear of missing out, of uh, somebody's going to take it if I don't take it, of whatever fears people have, it's fear that drives any kind of extractive, malicious behavior at the core, which is why I said therapy earlier. But, <laughs> but if we don't, like if there is this very, very genuine thriving uh dynamic that people can genuinely just enjoy living and being able to live by doing that. Mm -hmm. I think there is, you know, just the balance within us individually will reverberate at a community level because we're all doing that. Mm -hmm. Or I make a conscious decision to do something I don't want to do for money. Fair. If you have the option, yes. you, can, you, can, you can make that personal decision. Sure. Sure. And then, because like you have this balance of like, what am I good at? Right. What do I love doing? Right. And what do people want me to do? Right. Right. Well, what are people willing to pay for? But immediately, you that involves choice. Yeah. Which a lot of people do not have. That's the point: is to yeah. make it make give people more options. Of course. And all right, I think that's a good way to stop here. Okay. Uh, what would you like to leave the audience with in terms of what are you doing? How do they reach you? What do you want them to do? What do I want them to do? Um, I want. Potentially, I want them to think what, number one, what is their intention um, for being here? If they have the intention of taking part, thinking about what genuinely, what is aligned with their values. Like if you want to be involved in something about uh, education, don't go and work, but maybe for an extractive mm -hmm. <laughs> shit coin that do you see what i mean like i think it's try to find out what you care about and then search for what is out there that's aligned with what you care about because the more we do that or are able to do that maybe there's like this compounded good uh good alignment and and sticking to those values a lot easier hopefully um and then um i would say Look and support and try to support things that are not just cash money or don't just think of cash money. It's hard, I know. But value, like I said, comes in in many, many, many different forms. And if we just explore those more, um, we can hopefully get us to where we want to go. Um, I'm just at sim underscore pop on Twitter. Like I say, I drop some tweets now and again that are quite good um but yeah thank you for having me on the show always love talking thanks thank you